Today on CityCast Denver, ask any Denverite about towing, and you're bound to hear a story like this one. Hey there, my name is Saul, and I was in South Denver, Evanston, Santa Fe area, and owned an auto repair shop, and Wyatt's Towing towed a driver's vehicle while they were dropping a part off in our parking lot. They were still in the vehicle. It had been idling for about 10 seconds with them in it, but they had turned the lights off, and a tow driver pulled up to it, hooked up, and tried to drag it away. So I'm not sure what the deal is with Wyatt, but uh, Predatory would be put in mind. These kinds of stories have become increasingly common across the metro area in the past few years. But as of earlier this month, our state government finally got a new law in place that they hope will help. Could it finally mean the end of predatory towing in Denver? It's as close as I've seen to something that has been done on a local level that will directly impact the lives of poor people and put an industry on its heels that should have been on its heels. Theo Wilson is a community organizer and journalist, and he returns to the show today to offer an optimistic take on that new towing law. Today is Tuesday, August 30th. I'm Paul Caroli, in for Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. to be a a baby you hear. We've got her in the next room. We are going to make sure that she has enough milk to be quiet for, or at least we're going to try. Hey, I totally hear you, man. And that is also fine. Yeah. Well, Theo Wilson, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Hey, thank you for having me, Paul. So Theo, we're going to talk about this big new towing law that just went into Mm -hmm. effect here in Colorado. But, But I think we have to just start by saying... Getting your car towed. It's just the worst, right? It's the worst thing. Feels like you got carjacked by the city. Mm-hmm. It's not a good feeling. And it's one of the, like those personal sacred violations. It like when you get your car towed, you realize why stealing horses in the old west was punishable by death. You cut <laughs> off your legs essentially. It, it it really feels that egregious when it happens. Mm-hmm. So what do you have you ever had your car towed? Oh yeah. I have. Um, so the first time I actually witnessed the damage it could do was when I was in college. I didn't have a car back then, but my friends did. And there was a predatory towing operation working in Tallahassee that seemed to always take our cars at the events where like there was some, you know, energy around fighting the system. It seemed like the city would magically show up and start snatching cars to disrupt their meeting. Of course, I could never prove that, but I do remember that if you're poor, like we were in college, that's a whole lot of money that has to go to a place where you didn't want it to go. When I personally got towed for the first time, that was my cushion money. Like that cost me at that time $345. And that was the money that I had to buffer me against like actually being dead broke and overdraft fees. So when I had to pay that out, it was just a bunch of antisocial, cold hearted people with a Doberman pincher, a very tall Doberman pincher that wasn't willing to negotiate and didn't care about the lives that they had upended for profit. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that um, that Wild West reference you made is just so fitting because like this, this area uh, if where the government meets this, like these private companies, these towing companies, mm-hmm. just seems like such a gray area that people just swoop in and they take advantage of you, you know? Yeah, it's completely wild. And the predatory nature of it is part of what you'll hear me talk about again and again. 
you need rules because the greed monster is not out of capitalism. Mm -hmm. It's not out of the human being. And so if you have a system that enables any square inch of taking advantage of poor people, the greed monster will compel somebody in power to do it until you put a deterrent in it. And that's what we now have in the state of Colorado, thank God. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about it because we, we the, so that's the new law you're referring to. Some people are calling it the Towing Bill of Rights. Um, towing Bill of Rights. Let me just give you a couple of highlights for listeners here. This law, uh, it extended the notification requirements for towing companies. So like, I mean, this is a highlight for me. The previous law said that towers only had to notify law enforcement about a tow and they had until 30 minutes afterwards to um, to do that. Now, under this new law, they're required to notify the vehicle's owner 24 hours before removing a vehicle. So that's that's one huge change, but there's a ton like it. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me, what do you think about this new law? It's perfect. It's, it's it, perfect. It shows what, yeah, I mean, be, be, in, what I mean is as close as I've seen to something that has been done on a local level that will directly impact the lives of poor people and put an industry on its heels that should have been on its heels. Because the predatory towers are also the ones that will tow you for AAA. The, 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 and so they have a certain profit margin that they're expecting every single month, but they've made that profit margin causing pain and suffering to other people. And so if this bites them, good. Hmm. You should feel bitten because a lot of these people, there's this gray area between what is moral and what is legal. Just because it was legal to do doesn't mean that it was moral to do. And these unofficial taxes on the poor are so detrimental that a lot of people get sent into a spiral of debt they can't recover from by these toes. These are ever so much more expensive than even parking tickets and parking tickets can send poor people into a death spiral. Hmm. And we're going to be able to see in real time people being able to take legal action against folks who are in the towing industry and have some teeth behind them this time. Hmm. Well, it seems like you're really, you know, putting, putting a lot of the blame on these towing companies, but I don't know. I just feel like this, the whole idea of a need for towing is still present. Like we don't want anyone to just put their car anywhere and someone's got to tow it and not everyone's got to tow. Right. And so, for example, one of the uh, provisions is if somebody illegally parks in your parking spot and that you're paying for, mm -hmm. there's no 24 hour notification. Right. Right. If you're parked in front of a fire hydrant and the fire department needs it, there is no 24 hour notification. Those are times where someone should get towed. Right. And so that cuts down on the fact that, oh, um, I just left this here at this meter for a little bit longer than I in anticipated. And all of a sudden, I have had to reroute my life, right? Hmm. Uh, a friend of mine got told when we were at Metro, we were doing a rehearsal for poetry. Mm -hmm. And not only was it super disruptive to this relatively poor poet's life, but they didn't even really leave clear instructions on which towing company took it. So we spent half the night figuring out which towing company took it. And then when we got there, you could tell that the guy was ready for all sorts of violence if necessary. Really? And I'm saying, I bet that you've probably had to like deal in violence because what you've done makes people want to get violent with you. So, you know, that's so it, it's, it's a shadowy industry hmm. that now has to be brought to the light of day. 
Theo, earlier you used an interesting term to describe this towing situation. You said it was a poverty tax. Can you unpack that a little bit more for me? Like, help me understand what you're thinking about when you're talking about a poverty tax. Yeah. Well, I, I would just say this. If anybody wants to know about more about the unintended consequences of unofficial taxes on the poor, I think they should look into Ferguson, Missouri, the place where Michael Brown was killed in 2014. Because after a thorough review of the system of policing in Ferguson, Eric Holder, the district attorney, I mean, the, the, what, the what is it, attorney general, pardon me, at the time, did a fine-tooth comb investigation of that place. And they found that the tickets were the beginning of, number one, financial racial profiling and the downward spiral that led to people being locked up into jails mm -hmm. where they couldn't even make bail. It all started with these unofficial taxes on the poor. And I think that we need to start looking at elected officials who care enough about it to do something about it. If everybody did this across the nation on a citywide level, well, then we'd see national consequences all across the country for the people who are into predatory towing and probably a reformation when it comes to that industry. And if that can be done against towing, what else can be done locally when it comes to things like rent, when it comes to things like you know, what was done when it came to like cash bail in the city. So a lot of stuff can be done on the local level. And I see this as a victory of local politics affecting real people. Hmm. Well, uh, let's get more into the bill here that this new law, I mean, you, you called it a perfect bill. Do you feel <laughs> like, what do you think's behind that? What's your analysis of the politics that led to this? Well, number one, Naquita Ricks, uh, you know, to, to her credit, she's somebody who has focused a lot of her legislative power on things that directly impact poor people. She herself got told, right? Mm -hmm. And that's Naquita Ricks, who's the state representative uh, out of Aurora, right? I believe she is out of Aurora. And so uh, let me frame perfect here, right? Mm -hmm. It's a perfect example of what can be done to impact change at a local level in real time that will really affect people's lives. Um, and so the politics, I feel, you know, of course she's a Democrat and, you know, historically, traditionally, at least at the local level, I've seen Democrats side with those who are uh, on the more defenseless end of the spectrum. For example, um, just in 2020, uh, Leslie Herod and James Coleman passed certain laws to make DPD more accountable for their arrests. The exact uh, name of that law escapes me. But, you know, so I know it's liberal politics. I know it's left leaning politicians. And I know that this is in line historically with what the left traditionally is at least supposed to be about. And I hear your daughter crying in the other room. Maybe that's a good time to wrap mm -hmm. up. Yep. Theo Wilson, thanks so much for joining me on CityCast Denver. No problem, man. Thanks a lot, Paul. Colorado's Towing Bill of Rights has only been in place a few weeks. And just as Theo predicted, we're already hearing stories about people pushing back against the towing companies. Like this story from CBS Colorado that aired over the weekend. They're so like, well, there's nothing you can do. And I said, there's a law. She paid to have her car returned, but within 24 hours, she also contacted the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies and filed a complaint. Eventually, she got her money back. Wyatt's Towing says this was an honest mistake and confirmed they gave Felicia her money back. 
Felicia says she thinks that if she hadn't researched the new law, she may not have gotten her money back at all. We'll have a link to that whole story in our show notes. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. The Coors family has big plans for Golden. According to a recent report from the Denver Post, the family that started Coors Brewing Company is planning to spend $600 million to redevelop a massive 112-year-old manufacturing plant on the north side of downtown. They reportedly plan to build a mix of office, retail, and residential that would expand and transform Golden over the next 10 years. The Coors family has, of course, been strongly tied with Golden since Adolph Coors co-founded his brewery there in 1873. So even though they may have moved the headquarters to Chicago, it sounds to me like they're planning to stick around for at least another 100 years or so. And finally, a follow-up to yesterday's episode with KUNC reporter Luke Runyon about Denver's role in the recent fight over the Colorado River. According to Colorado Newsline, Denver Water signed on to a letter sent to the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation earlier this month. Alongside a handful of other municipal water utilities, they pledged to increase water conservation efforts. They didn't put any specific number on those conservation goals, but they did collectively pledge to reduce non-functional turf grass by 30% and increase efficiency and collaboration. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Trevor Forbes, the CEO of Wyatt's Towing, about us. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and check out our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then.